0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Casual Big Ten Podcast. Today is Wednesday, October 18th, 2023. My name is Kent Peterson. I'm the host of this show. And on today's show, we're going to kickstart Week 8. Big Ten football action. I think this is the best week of football that we're going to have, possibly all year. It's definitely the one that I'm most excited about since the season has kicked off. Um, very much looking forward to these six games I think we got some great matchups this weekend but before we get to that let's talk about the rest of this week Kickstart today on Friday as always bet big with bet big Brad B1g Wilson first thing Friday morning don't place any bets without listening to us first we're not experts should come out first thing Friday morning I know I had some trouble on Monday with the uh, wrapped episode didn't come out on some platforms. I apologize for that if you were listening on Spotify. Uh, Hopefully, everything's all taken care of now, and it'll come out on time on Friday. Hopefully, this one comes out on time on Wednesday morning. Um, Very much looking forward to doing that Bet Big episode, but I'm also just looking forward to these games. Let's talk about them. First one up, Rutgers at Indiana. It's at noon. It's on BTN. Rutgers coming off the big win. I call it a big win against Michigan State because... That was a game I felt like they probably should have lost. They were kind of getting controlled in that game. Michigan State was getting a lot of stops on defense, and then they just kind of shit the bed in the fourth quarter, right? So big emotional win for Rutgers. Indiana on the flip side showed some life in the first quarter against Michigan, got a few stops, scored the ball first, scored seven. It was 7-0 in that game. If you stopped right there. Indiana won. They beat Michigan uh, for the first few minutes of that game. Um, but then... Huge loss for them. They give up 52 points in a row. So opposite ends of the spectrum with these two teams. One just got killed last week. One had a awesome win last week. So I feel like if you're looking at like momentum, which might be a theme of this episode, I'm going to talk about that with a few teams. Um, Rutgers definitely has more momentum going into this game. Now, it is at Indiana, but when I look at Indiana's team this year, I don't think that they're as bad as their record indicates. They just don't have enough to play four quarters of football. I'm thinking of the uh, Louisville game. Really close with Louisville, who's undefeated still, right? Did they lose this past weekend? I'm not sure. Not going to look it up. But they were really close with Louisville, who beat Notre Dame, by the way. So if you think Notre Dame's good, Indiana was right there with the team that beat them. Um, Lost that game by seven. Real close with Akron. Kind of ran out of gas at the end of that game. Had to go to four overtimes in that game. Like I said, showed some life against Michigan. Ran out of gas pretty quickly in that game. Ended up giving up 52 points. Lost that game 52-7. to So they just don't... I think they have good players. I think they have a good plan. It's just that they can't put it together for four quarters. And I think that's what we're going to see in this game. Um, I think that Rutgers has a team that can do that. I mean, when you talk about Indiana not being able to finish games, look at what Rutgers did last week against Michigan State. Down 24-6, fourth quarter, they come back and win the game. So I think that Rutgers has a, a better team when it comes to playing a full four quarters of football, so I think that gives them a little bit of an edge. Let's dive in a little bit deeper, though. Um, Indiana, where where can they find success? I think that they could stop... Rutgers rushing attack. Look at what Rutgers did the last two weeks. I think Michigan state did a good job of that, especially for the first three quarters. I know they give up the big touchdown to Monunga in the fourth quarter. And then Wisconsin obviously uh, shut them down in Madison as well, both rushing and passing, but especially rushing. So I think that where IU has a little bit of an advantage, especially defensively is shutting down the run and putting Gavin Wimsat in situations where it's second and long third and long, He has to make a big throw. That might be able to keep them in the game a little bit. Um, I do think this is going to be a close game. And in close games, these two teams have not played a ton of them. Um, Games that were decided by seven or less. Rutgers has one. That was their win last weekend against Michigan State. Indiana has two. The two games I already mentioned. The loss to Louisville. And then when they won by two against Akron in four overtime. So... Um, like I said, Rutgers more complete team can play for for a full fourth, full blah blah blah, a full four quarters, and uh, even though it's at Indiana, I think that that gives them the slight edge in this game. I like Rutgers to win this game. All right, up next, uh, we got a three thirty game, Minnesota at Iowa. This is a huge game for Iowa. Uh, it's at three thirty on NBC. Um, can't have a letdown if you're the Hawkeyes, because I talked about it on my wrapped episode. I think that Iowa has won the West. Now you look at, uh, their remaining schedule. It's very soft. I think that they have a lot of wins on that schedule and any loss that they have the remainder of the season, I think would be a disappointment. So you can't come off of the big win against, uh, Wisconsin, which let's be real for a second, Wisconsin and Iowa, (laughs) were really the two teams that we were discussing to come out of the West, right? Preseason, into the season, even right now, uh, I think it's still Iowa or Wisconsin. Maybe Nebraska on the fringe there, but when you beat one of those teams, when you beat them on the road, was that game on the road for them? I'm forgetting what happened last weekend. Um, I think it was on the road. It was on the road. Um, when you beat them on the road, it gives you a huge advantage in the West, and that's why I said I like Iowa to... Uh, to win the west and go to Indianapolis. Now, like I said, all that stuff happened, you can't come back and face a uh, Minnesota team who's coming off of a bye, let's see how much that helped them and lose this game at home. You just can't do that. Um I haven't heard any news this is for Minnesota on Darius Taylor yet. I I checked some message boards, didn't see I saw a lot of talking but I didn't see anything about specifically if he's going to play or not. And I think him playing or not playing will really have an impact on this game. If he's out, I really lean towards Iowa having a big advantage in this game. And if he's in, I think that Minnesota has a better chance to uh, hang on to the ball for longer and uh, maybe have some longer drives to keep the Iowa defense on the field and keep their defense fresh, which would be huge in this game, especially on the road. Um, obviously this is going this is not going to be a shock to anybody. This is going to be a low scoring affair. This is going to be, uh, below 20 for both teams. I'm predicting maybe 21 for one of the teams. I I just don't see this getting into the thirties. Um, you look at the over under, I'll spoil it for Friday, but right now it's at 32 and a half. So really would be surprised to see anybody score uh, more than 21 points in this game. Would be really surprised. I think Iowa will be able to rush the ball a little bit better. than. like I said, this kind of depends on what uh, Darius Taylor is going to do, whether he's playing or not. But I think Iowa has the advantage rushing. Um, Iowa, 10th ranked rushing offense. Minnesota, 10th ranked rushing defense. So it's a it's a perfect matchup when you see Iowa run the ball against Minnesota's defense. And for some reason, I just have this feeling that Iowa's going to be able to control that ball a little bit more, and they're going to be able to run it a little bit better. Um, Here's some more interesting stats that I pulled for this game. I'll try not to talk about this for too long, but I thought this was really interesting. Minnesota has run 382 plays on offense. That's 13th out of 14 in the Big Ten. Haven't run that many plays on offense. That's, That's very low. On the other side of the ball, Iowa's defense has run the most plays defensively. Did I write it down? It was like 500 and something. I forgot to write it down. Why did I not write that down? I don't know. So if you're looking at those two stats, if you're on the coaching staff for Minnesota, you got to say, all right, this defense has given up. They haven't given up a lot of big plays. They've given up yardage, not a lot of points, though. Um, but they've been on the field a lot and they're still winning games. So does that give us an advantage if we want to do long drives and stay on the field, or does that just warm up the Iowa defense to maybe get better as the game is going on? So if I'm Minnesota, what I'm thinking is we got to take, we got to take shots. We got to take big shots in this game and, uh, try to score quickly. And, uh, maybe, run the ball to set up those shots. That's what I'm thinking if I'm looking at that stat. If I'm looking at that stat. It's not going to be a game where you're going to be able to, if you're Minnesota, grind it out against Iowa. Because like I said, that defense just gets warm. They start playing better. I think that they prefer their defense be on the field than their offense. They get more plays out of their defense. So, um, like I said, Minnesota takes some shots in this game. Um, and And, you know... Maybe, something, maybe, you'll, maybe you'll connect on some of those, and maybe you can stay in the game a little bit longer. But uh, I just don't think that they're going to hit those big shots if they take them. And I don't think that the long drives are going to work out for Minnesota. Um, Iowa being at home is a big advantage. Their defense is just too much this year. I said last week that I am done waiting for the week that Iowa gets outgained and then loses the game because I just don't think it's going to happen. I think they're fine with giving up yardage. I posted the tweet last weekend about uh, Kurt Ferrans from Media Day last year talking about that's the most overrated stat in football, and it's true for them so far this year. They can give up yardage. They can give up some plays as long as they're not giving up touchdowns, which, by the way, this year I was only giving up nine touchdowns in seven games. I think that if Minnesota wants to win this game, they got to score three they got to score at least three, and then their defense has to play out of their mind. Um, But I just don't see it. I like Iowa in this game. All right. Northwestern traveling to Nebraska. This is our third game. 3-30 on BTN. Both teams are coming off of a bye in this one. I really like what Nebraska is putting together, especially defensively. I think that their defense has really stepped up. It stood out to be in the Illinois game. um, But here's the last four games that they've played and what they did defensively. They held Illinois to seven. They played Michigan. We're not going to talk about that one. And then they held Louisiana Tech to 14, which, by the way, Louisiana Tech, very highly ranked, potent offense, held them to 14 and then held Northern Illinois. I know it's Northern Illinois to 11. So, three out of their last four games, they've only given up 32 points total. So, the Nebraska Blackshirts have been playing great lately. I like what they're doing. I think Northwestern is in trouble. The key to victory for Northwestern is Ben Bryant, obviously. Um, You always look at the quarterback when you're talking about keys to victory anyways, but in this game, it's, it's very apparent that the only way the Wildcats can pull the upset in this game is that he has to have a monster game. Here's why. Northwestern, your rushing attack is last in the Big Ten. This is not a good week to have that rushing attack because Nebraska's rushing defense is second in the Big Ten. You're not going to be able to run the ball on them. So Ben Bryant has got to make a ton of plays with his arm for Northwestern to even be involved in this game. I think if he has a good game, they still lose by ten. He's got to have an amazing game for them to win or even stay close in this game. Um for that reason, and because Northwestern doesn't have the threats on the outer edge that they are going to need to to uh, make big plays against uh, Nebraska's defense, I like Nebraska in this game. I think that's fairly obvious. Um, and, uh, you know, it's at Nebraska. Defense is playing good. think that Harburg, this is another thing I forgot to look up before I started recording. Maybe not forgot to look up, but just haven't seen a lot about it. I saw one tweet about it, about is Harburg definitely the starter now or is it Jeff Sims going to come back? And I've been saying this for two weeks now. I think you stick with Harburg. He's been fine. He's uh, not turning it over a ton. And uh, he's just as potent with his legs, I think, as Jeff Sims. So I think you leave him in there and ride out the rest of the season with Harburg. And I think that this Northwestern game is going to be one that he wins fairly easily. All right, Uh, what do we got? Our fourth game now. Fourth game, Wisconsin at Illinois. Wisconsin, we just talked about coming off the loss to Iowa last week at home. Not only was it a loss on the scoreboard, it was a loss in their backfield. Tanner Mordecai confirmed, talked about this uh, on Monday. He did break his hand. Somebody on Twitter was on that, like during the game, said that he broke his hand. I don't know where they got that information from because – it was like a big press release when he actually, like, when um, Wisconsin confirmed that he had a broken hand. So, what's that mean? Braden Locke, starting quarterback for Wisconsin last week, had 122 in an interception. Um, this is the first time this year, and this is no, no slight at Luke Altmaier. I think he's fine. But for the first time this year in a Big Ten game, I think Illinois has the advantage at quarterback with Luke Altmaier because... Uh, Braden Locke just doesn't have the experience. And based on what I saw against Iowa last week, um, I don't think he has enough. I, not that he doesn't have enough. Maybe he'll warm up this week. Maybe I just need to see more from Braden. But I do think that Luke has the advantage and that uh, the quarterback advantage is for Illinois in this game. Um, how well would the Wisconsin defense play on the road after the tough loss? That's a key point that we need to look out for. And then, uh, at this point, like we talked about with the Big 10 West standings, Wisconsin needs to win out basically, and then they're also going to need Iowa to lose two games now because Iowa has the tiebreaker against them. So, they need a lot of help. They still have stuff to play for, but um I don't know. I don't know. They just got to have to they just have to win out and then hope some other things happen I think for them to be able to go to Indianapolis at this point if that's something that they're still aspiring to do, which I think that they should um did illinois figure something out last week big win last week against maryland a maryland team that i was maybe a little bit too high on this year um was that smoke and mirrors or did we find something here did we find a running back is kyle fagan gonna be our guy remember last week uh freshman of the week by the way 19 carries 84 yards and the touchdown so is he gonna be the guy in the backfield for illinois to kind of give uh Altmeier a little bit of uh pressure release Cause that's what he needs. Dude's been running for his life all year, um, but if they could get a a back to maybe you know take some of the load off his back, then maybe Luke Altmaier can settle in a little bit, and make some better throws, not turn the ball over as much. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on Kyle Fagan this weekend. Um, but I do believe in momentum. I do. Uh, I know a lot of people say it's fake. I know a lot of people say it doesn't carry over to other games. But listen, Wisconsin. That's a tough loss last week at home against Iowa and now you're asking them to go on the road and beat an Illinois team who is coming off a win that I don't think anybody thought they were going to get at Maryland so complete opposite ends of the spectrum um as I was was talking about in that first game um Illinois trending up Wisconsin are they trending down or uh are they gonna flip it And bounce back after that tough loss last week. We'll see this weekend. I personally, not making a pick here, but I like Illinois. I like Illinois. I'm kind of back on them after that big win against Maryland. Um, Maybe they can pick up another one at home against the Badgers this weekend. I think it will be a shock if they do. That might be a bold prediction. I'm 0 for 1 on my bold predictions this year, so I don't think I'm going to do that again. All right. Uh, second to last game. Then we'll get into our game of the week. It's Michigan at Michigan State, seven thirty, NBC. Um, there's really not a ton to say in this game, to be honest. Let's be let's be frank here. I know it's a rivalry game. Uh, what is it? Uh, Paul Bunyan's Trophy is on the line, and um, you know the tunnel situation last year, all that stuff going on. These teams hate each other. There's no if ands, or buts about it. They just do. But I I foresee two outcomes in this game, and it really comes down to second-game starter, Caton Hauser, how is he going to play? If he plays outside of his mind and has a great game, I think that Michigan wins close. I think it'll be like a 10-point game. That's if he plays one of the best games he's ever played in his life. I think that if he plays average or below average, it's going to get very ugly at Spartan Stadium. I think that Jim Harbaugh is going to want to run the score up. He's not going to have any mercy. He let his third, second and third stringers go for it on fourth down last week, fourth and goal, when they were up 45-7. to seven. So if you think that he's going to take it easy on arrival, you've got another thing coming. He's going to try to score 70, I think, in this game. Um, and I think that they could, honestly. Uh, Michigan State is not as bad of a team as their record indicates, kind of like what I talked about with Indiana. They kept it close. They were beating Rutgers, straight up beating Rutgers. Um and then they've kept it close in a few other games that they ended up losing like the Iowa game they kept it close in that game only lost by 10 outgained Iowa So I think that they're a better team than most people think but the problem is I think that Michigan's actually a better team than most people think as well I don't think Michigan's played a complete game yet they haven't had to I don't know how many games JJ McCarthy's even been in the fourth quarter So they haven't had to play a complete game yet so uh for that reason I think that Michigan obviously wins the game like I said. I think there's only two outcomes and Michigan wins in both of them. It's just going to be a matter of if they can keep it close based on Hauser's play because I don't I say I say it's all on Hauser whether it's a blowout or a closer game because I don't think that Michigan State can run the ball at all on this defense. I think they're really going to struggle rushing the ball. So Hauser's going to have to make some plays Um, I don't think the home field advantage really matters in this game. A lot of the guys that are playing for Michigan have been to Michigan State a ton of times. And honestly, based on what I've read on Twitter, um, might be more Michigan fans in Spartan Stadium on Saturday than Michigan State fans. That's just what I'm reading. I'm not predicting that. That's just what I'm seeing. Um, Michigan State, 12th ranked rushing attack. Haven't even played Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan yet, so... I think that they could drop even further in those rankings in the Big Ten for their rushing attack once they once they play those teams because I don't think they're going to be able to run it on those teams, honestly, at all. So uh, that's how I see that game going. I don't think there's any surprises in that game. All right, last game. I saved it for last, even though it's on at noon. Didn't go in chronological order this week. That's fine because this is the game of the week. possibly game of the season in the big 10 it is the game that i'm either most excited about or if you add michigan to either one of these teams second most excited about however you want to look at it um we finally get to see what everybody's calling the the beast in the east the big three they finally have to face off against each other it's, it's happening this weekend um i mean i'm i'm just if you, I mean I'm just so excited. I don't even know what to say to see these two teams play against each other. It's gonna be I can't even contain myself. It's gonna be a great game. Noon on Fox it's the big noon game obvious I mean like this is all this is very obvious that I've said so far um, just just gonna be a great game. Let's dive into it a little bit. Let's finally talk about it instead of just dreaming about what could happen in this game um, Ohio State. What's the running back situation? Last week, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, I did, I'm didn't. i going to be honest, I wasn't keeping as close to tabs on that Purdue and Ohio State game as I probably should have been because it was on Peacock. I had it on the TV. They were blowing them out. There wasn't really much to see. Every time I looked up, Kyle McCord's making a big play. Um, so I wasn't watching that game as closely as I should have been. Um, but what I've what I've been told, what I've been hearing, is that we don't know which running back is going to be there for Ohio State. Is it my is Mayan Williams back? I don't I don't have a clue. Wish I could tell you. This is casual Big Ten. I don't have uh the phone number of the doctors at Ohio State. I wish I did. Trevion Henderson, is he gonna play? I don't know. Trip uh trip Chip Trainum got hurt against Purdue. Is he gonna play this weekend? That would be actually trouble for Ohio State in this game if all three of those guys aren't playing. They need they need one of them. I'm not even sure who was, the third, who was the fourth guy that played for them. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up because I think that this is a really important part of this game um, is the running back situation for Ohio State. So here's Ohio State. Here's the box score from last week against Purdue where they won 41-7. to we we'll keep talking as I keep talking about this. All right. Is it Xavier Jackson? Nope. Johnson? That's a wide receiver. There's Trainum, Hayden, is this him? What's his first name? Yeah, Dallin Hayden, he's got to be a freshman. Never heard that name before. Fourth on the depth chart for Ohio State. If that's all they got, he better be good. He better be good because Penn State's defense is very good, especially if he's the only one there. He better be excellent on Saturday. Anyways, so Ohio State running back situation, something to monitor throughout the week. I'm recording on Tuesday. I'll be looking for it. I'll be tweeting about it. Follow me on Twitter at CasualBig10 because I think that's a big part of this game, as I said. Um, Here's what I did for this game. I wrote down some hot takes, and I wrote down some medium takes. Here's my hot takes. I got three of them. Drew Aller is not going to be scared in this game. In fact, I think he's going to play well. I think this is an environment that he's going to thrive in. He's been waiting for moments like this. And all I ever hear about him is, well, he hasn't played this game. Well, he hasn't played in this environment. He's done everything that he could possibly do up until this point to prove that he is the guy. So my hot take is that Drew Aller is going to play well. Uh, My second hot take, I don't think Penn State's going to be able to run the ball. We've been talking about their running backs since the preseason. Haven't been overly impressed. k Allen's been pretty good. He's been pretty good. Singleton, though, like, Nicholas, where you been, buddy? We need you to have some big games like you did last year. Is this a breakout game for him? I don't think so. I think that Ohio State, their defense is just so good. They've been swarming this year. They've been able to stop the run. So I, that's my hot take is that I don't think Penn State's going to be able to run the ball very well. It's going to have to be on Drew to make some big throws. And then in my third hot take, I just threw this in there for fun. There's going to be a safety in this game. And the only reason I say that is because, I could just hear Gus Johnson right now saying, oh, he gets a tackle. This is safety. I don't know which team it's going to be on. I was going to say a name. Kyle McCorg is sad. a safety. Uh, Drew Aller, he drops. Drew drops back That's a safety. I just hear him saying that. I don't know why. <laughs> I really don't know why. If I can bet it, I'm going to bet that there's going to be a safety in this game, and I'll post about that. Maybe. All right. Here's my medium takes as I clear my Gus Johnson voice. Um, Medium take, Kyle McCord's going to play good in this game. I liked what he did against Purdue. Like I said, every time I looked up, dude was making a big play. So I like Kyle McCord to have a good game, and I think he might need to based on what we were just talking about with the running backs. Um, Also a medium take, Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. (laughs) I Got to do my Gus Johnson voice every time I talk about these guys. Uh, he's going to score a touchdown. That's a medium take. That is not a hot take. Uh, he scores almost every game. It feels like I think he's going to score again in this game. And then this is, this is like medium to hot medium to hot based on what the over under came out as at the beginning of this week. I think this is going to be more low scoring than people are anticipating. I think that this could be, uh, less than 30 for each team. Both these defenses are really good. Maybe even less than 20. I think the winning team gets 24 points in this game. It's just going to be an all-time defensive battle. I think the and the offenses are so good too. I mean, I just cannot wait for this game. I just can't wait for it. Um, so excited for this one. All right. What does a win mean for each of these teams? I think off the rip, either of these teams win this game. They're going to the playoffs. I think if you're looking at Penn State's remaining schedule, Indiana, Maryland, Michigan, Rutgers, and Michigan State, they are they might lose to Michigan. If they beat Ohio State on the road, why can't they beat Michigan at home? Um, but even if they do lose to Michigan, I think that they can still get into the playoffs. And it's the same for Ohio State. I don't see another loss on their schedule except for maybe Michigan. Maybe Michigan, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Michigan State, Minnesota and then Michigan. So, I think that with the remaining games they have four wins and possibly a loss, possibly five more wins and go undefeated depending on who wins this game. I think this game gives whichever team wins a lot of confidence, a ton of confidence. And then secondly, I think if it's uh Penn State that wins the game, um it just puts them in the national conversation that much more. They've Talked about James Franklin not being able to win big games. They've been on the fringe of being able to be a playoff team and a uh, national championship contender. With this win, it puts them on the forefront of college football. They beat a top-five team on the road. They are legit. That's what it's going to do for Penn State. Unfortunately, on the other side for Ohio State, or fortunately, depending on if you're a fan or not, um, or how you want to look at this, If you're Ohio State, it doesn't really do that for them because they're already in the top five. They already have a history of winning. They've been to the playoffs before. It's almost a game where it's like, hey, you're at home. you got to win this game. You're supposed to win this game almost if you're Ohio State. So it doesn't do as much for Ohio State, but it doesn't need to because Ohio State's already got the credibility. They've already got what Penn State is looking for. So it just doesn't do as much for them. Um, But like I said, man, I just cannot wait to watch this game. I've said it about 17 times now, so I'm going to stop saying it. Thanks, as always, for listening. Um, Looking forward to these games this weekend. Don't forget to join us on Friday for Bet Big. I'll have some more distinct picks when we get to Bet Big. And uh, we'll talk about all the lines. We'll talk about who's going to win, who's going to cover, who's going over, who's going under. I'll be joined by Bet Big Brad and B1G Wilson. Join us again on Friday. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, five stars on podcast listening devices. We'll see you guys on Friday. We will see you guys in the future.